Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Buffalo Bills draft for 2022 is complete. We break it down with the best pick, our favorite pick, and the pick that makes you think more about the future. Plus, what Brandon Bean still has to do to get this roster set. All that's coming up on this week's edition of the Buffalo Plus Podcast. All right, welcome back to the Buffalo Plus Podcast presented by Connors and Ferris. The NFL Draft is over. I'm joined by Mike Catalana, Dan Fates. I am Jenna Castro. Before we jump into our analysis, please be sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the Buffalo Plus YouTube channel. The Bills making eight total picks, four on defense, three on offense, as well as one punt god. Uh, I want to hear your guys' thoughts on all of this. We'll start with you, Mike. Who do you think was the best pick that the Bills made uh, over this draft weekend? You know, they sort of took me on a bit of a roller coaster here. Um, (laughs) I have faith in Brandon Bean as a general manager, mostly because, you know, the incompetence we saw for years before him and what he's done. It's not perfect. You know, sometimes I think fans and even some media people right away, if Brandon Bean does it, they're on board. And I, I get it. He's earned a lot of that. But there are times you're like, okay, what are they thinking here? Um, but I like the fact that they addressed what I think is a glaring need in the first round. I like it. Now, again, we have to see how the number one pick does. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a rarity with this team in the place they're in to go pick a guy that we believe right away is going to be a yeah. starter. And mm-hmm. I think that's the case there. So I like that pick. Um, but I really like the pick of Khalil Shakir, the the wide receiver. I, I just think that's a fit. I liked him when we looked at it. Yeah. Uh, Dan and I both talked about Sky Moore. They would have had to try to get him earlier. Uh, but I like this fit for what they need for the offense. So I understand the number one pick, um, but I really like that pick for them. Dang it, Mike. You took mine. And it probably wasn't <laughs> going to be took mine. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it was any surprise. I've been team wide receiver uh, this draft the entire time. I'm going to be honest. This draft has melted together <laughs> into, <laughs> into one piece over the last few days. We are all running on fumes. I just want that to be on the record. Do you hear my voice? <laughs> <laughs> I just want that to be put out there. I saw some comments after Mike and I's day two recap, and people were like, how are you not in Vegas still? Like, how did you get home? And the best response I saw from somebody said, a plane was the best answer. It was like, how did you get home so quick? And somebody was just like, on a plane. Yeah, so so uh, bear with us through this podcast. We are running on fumes. Uh, yeah. But I, I'm with you, Mike. The best pick to me was Shalil uh Khalil Shakir. Uh, I think he's just a very polished wide receiver. It just feels like a very... McDermott bean selection. Uh, Jen, mm-hmm. I think you talked about it yesterday uh, on air that he's a coach's dream. Yeah. Was yeah. his profile pick. I, I just think it makes perfect sense. Um, has the size to kind of do both. I think mm-hmm. he fits more in the slot, which I think is a need that they need to address. 
Um, but he's not so thin like some of the other wide receivers where I think he can play on the outside. Um, McDermott kind of said he's he's just over six foot, but then he's almost 200 pounds. So he, he is kind of a thicker guy. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I like that. I, I, I think that was a pick that they needed to address. I've been saying it on these podcasts and everybody's probably like, shut up, Dan. We get it. You want a wide receiver. But th- I was just happy that they got one. Um, a lot of people had him as like the 71st overall prospect. So to get him for the value that they got him. Yeah. Um, and, and I will admit, if you're following my Twitter feed, I was so bad on the rounds that they took players. Uh, I thought <laughs> I thought they were in second round and third round. I was all over the place. But I liked where they got him, Jenna. Yeah, I think um, I think the general consensus is those guys because of what they can add to the roster. Like Khalil Shakir, I think when you see him and the fact that he was still on the board, it yeah. made sense. And I think yep. the Bills, we talked early on about how, you know, first of all, the Brees Hall thing. Can we address that? I know you talked a little bit about it, um, but... I think that could have been a possibility, but I'm yeah. so happy it was not what the Bills did in terms of the direction because Ooh. I I picked them taking Trent McDuffie, who obviously won a couple of players before. But I think when you look at this roster and what the team needed, I think corner just made sense. And I think the Bills got a luxury pick in this draft. I think it's the punter, the punt god that we talk we'll talk about. Um, but I, I just think I was glad to see that they, they took the time to be like, all right, you know, this is something that this bills roster we've talked about for years. It, it need being a mm-hmm. need and they addressed it. So we'll see how he does obviously early on, but, um, in terms yeah, so of, I think that that's a great point. And when being talked yesterday, uh, on Sun on Saturday, oh my gosh, these days, um, we are recording this podcast on Sunday morning, morning. Uh, Sunday morning. I, I look. It is this. Sunday morning. Um, when I was up there in Buffalo on Saturday at night, night after the draft recapped. Oh my gosh. Um, Bean had talked about it too. I think I thought Bean did a really good job of staying tight-lipped, like he usually does in the pre-draft process. He said, "You know, I feel uncomfortable at a lot of positions," and people yeah. were like, "What about corner?" And he was like, "Well, we have guys. Like, we feel comfortable. We are trying to address a veteran need." And then when he talked yesterday, he said that he really wanted to leave the first or second round with a corner. And he said yeah. that once he got uh Kair on Thursday, he said he kind of got to relax and he slept a little bit better knowing that like the rest of the board can just fall to him. So I think that was telling where he said, and I think it was a lot of fans, a lot of media members were like, you need a corner. You need a corner. You need a corner. And he's like, yeah, we'll see. I think he really was going, I do. I do need a corner. I absolutely yeah. need a corner. And, and to make the move, and like we talked about it, Mike, to be aggressive, to get your guy, Kyer Elam, in the first round, I like the move. And I think that set the rest of the draft. You know what this reminds me of? It's like when someone needs to get a car and everyone else <laughs> is saying it. And you're like, no, I know. I know. I Are know. you ready to make an announcement here? <laughs> no, not yet. With the first pick <laughs> in the car draft. Anything but mine. Uh, no. <laughs> um, All right, but, but let, no. let's. Yeah, Janet. Let, I want to know what you, you. I agree with you in that sense. Um, when we look back at it, take a step back and say to yourself, "Well, of course they picked a corner. Yeah, they need a corner." And Dan, him saying, "I wanted to come out in the first two rounds." Yeah, it's a glaring need on this team. <laughs> I mean, I, I am. I, I know. There's a little bit of smokescreen that goes on. That doesn't mean they would have not taken the running back in the first round if they felt like 
there was nobody there because obviously they were down to the point that they needed to make a move. And it cost him a fourth round pick to move up a couple of spots because not specifically they had to get a corner. I think they were in that spot like, okay, are we going to sit here and wait while we've seen everybody else make moves and not get it? They need a corner. And the the hope is that, you know, uh, uh, Kair Elam can be that guy. He certainly fits the profile physically. He seems like that kind of guy. He's got the pedigree, all those things. I like in that way. I like that as the pick. Pick anything else. Yeah. And you would be saying, when are you getting the corner? So maybe it would have been in the second round or the third round. But um, they like the guy in the beginning, and I like the pick. Um, So in that sense... It made sense. and then, yeah. But then, but Dan, to Dan's point, they went and got a running back in the second round. So yeah. let's not kid ourselves. They were looking for that. And they were probably looking for it a year ago, too. Yeah. 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 I mean, they, they like I said, <laughs> well, it's like this, this thought that they're satisfied. Like none of the tea leaves tell you that. 2019, they draft a third. They draft Singletary. 2020, they draft Zach Moss. Last year, they were linked to ETN. And then this year, they signed J.D. McKissick. And then they didn't. So, like, don't sit here and and kid yourself like they don't need a running back. Well, they think they do because yeah. they have been adding them constantly. So yeah. that 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 is that's a thing. And and again, the second round was a little odd with the two trade backs. Uh, that that was the one thing that we kind of were like, what's going on? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think that James Cook is brings an element out of the pass, out of the, the backfield that can give them a playmaker, um, a pass catcher. He even talks about it at his press conferences. Like, what does he bring to the team? And he's like, I'm a guy that can flex out to the outside and give you yeah. a deep threat. And it's like, when do you ever hear a running back say, like, <laughs> I'm going to give you a deep threat in the passing game? But that's what he can bring. So yeah. I, I am happy in that sense. But don't kid yourself. The Bills were interested in Brees Hall. And the fact that it didn't work out, we will never know because the Jets traded up early in the second round to get him. Yeah, but they were interested. Yeah, yeah. No, I think, I mean, it makes sense. Like you said, the what they've been doing these last couple of years and how it sets up everything. The draft is just so, I mean, it's it all comes down to that board. We know how much Brandon Bean is dictated by that. And I know that's such a cliche, but it's true. Um, Mike, what, what pick do you think makes you think more about the future? Uh, you know, I got to say, I day two, it, it was the trading down that Dan just mentioned. And it made me look at it and go, okay, like what, what's the, what's the plan here to go down? And, and now you see when they get cook, you're saying to yourself, well, they like that skill set, Okay. Yeah. And maybe they could have taken him even earlier, but they added some picks and you saw what he did. He grabbed those six and then eventually used them to jump back into the fifth. And that's where they got Shakir. So that was a good move. But when I look at the pick of Bernard, the linebacker, Mm -hmm. I think to myself, okay, he seemed to be a little high based on other people's evaluations, but I'm looking at him. I look at every linebacker like all of you do and fans do is like they have two very different linebackers that they've invested in, in Milano and Tremaine Edmonds. And this young guy seems more like a Matt Milano type, didn't he, Dan? He said like that's who he sort of batters. He talked all about Matt Milano. I love Matt Milano. Right. And so I think to myself, wow, uh, is he there right now? He's he's a, a third linebacker, fourth linebacker, wherever he is, special teams. I mean, that's the, the 
But what's the, is that a plan for down the road? Is that a plan to eventually, <laughs> if you need to move on from Matt Milano in two years, is that the plan? Because he's not yeah. a replacement for Tremaine Edmonds, at least physically he's not, and what they ask a, a linebacker to do. So I'm thinking to myself, is that more what they're looking at at the moment as a potential guy? Because we're talking about the second round, um, second and third round here for these picks. These are guys that, you know, you have high hopes for immediately contending for starting jobs and starters down the line. I'm thinking in those positions. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's the one that makes me go, okay, I'm going to obviously we want to see how the guy plays. But I'm looking at him saying, I see the fit for basically every other guy they picked. I'm not sure I see the fit immediately or down the line there. I think, I mean, being taught that he can play inside or outside just like he did at Baylor. And I just wonder if they want to go to more of this hybrid style linebacker, this run chase cover guy instead of a Luke Keekly like, like McDermott has had in the past yeah. and Tremaine Edmonds, these big physical yeah. guys. Um, do they want to be more, stout speedy cover guys you know like stout on the d line yeah to kind of clog up holes to allow the linebacker. quicker linebackers that are a little bit smaller to cut in and and, and blow up runs and, and kind of fill holes that way and also be able to cover tight ends or a slot wide receiver i, I that's my only thought that what they're thinking um for me the, the pick that says the future is the punt god uh <laughs> matt Ariza and the reason I say that is because I talked to a D1 special teams consultant who uh, played Division One, and I asked him about him. And we had talked about this guy before because the Bills players seemed, Bills fans seemed really interested. Of you know, look, Matt Hawk didn't have a good year last year. He'll be the first mm. one to tell you that. Bean has said that on record multiple <laughs> times how much he has struggled this year. Uh, but I was asking about it, and and he said that he didn't think his game would translate to the NFL in the sense of hang time. And that's something that obviously NFL punters are really, really stress on. Look, Ariza crushed the ball, but there were a lot of line drives and you have to think about punt coverage. So when I asked the special teams D1 consultant, um, he said, this is the text he's in back to me. He'll either be great or below average. Don't think there's anything in between. Needs to control his leg to best fit NFL athleticism. You can't outkick coverage at this level. The biggest question mark will be, can he hold? I think all of those are very good points and that this is a project. And there may be a learning curve early on because you're not picking him and then keeping him on your roster or anything like that and then making a switch in the middle of the season. You would never want to switch your holder specifically in the middle of the season. So he's either going to win the job in training camp and then they're going to have to deal with the growing pains or he's not going to be there. And so that is, that's the biggest thing where I'm going, maybe they'll deal with some little bit of, you know, learning curve, rookie mistakes early on. Um, but I, I think he's an interesting prospect because the bills struggled in punching game. And it's also like, how are they really going to punt? Like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but, but you're talking about maybe questioning the pick in terms of saying, is he a fit? Would he make it? We're talking about a sixth round pick. If he doesn't make it, he doesn't make it. And they'll right, find but another punter. But if he is the guy, yeah, and and you can deal with some learning curves, you yeah, may you don't have want a to punter. deal with learning curves there. You don't want to deal with bad punts either by Matt Hawk. I'm I'm more concerned with the holding part of it, only because we saw Corey Bjorquez, who big Lost leg 
was the guy two. in New England. Yeah, guy in New England that they tried to hide, and then the Bills took him. And he was a disaster holding the ball, made some yeah. mistakes, and he, that just happens to be one of the things he has to do. I would trust that a guy who can kick as well as Ariza can can adjust his game. I mean, come on. I don't mean to sound simplistic because it is a specialist, but mm-hmm. you got one job and you're going into the NFL. And my thinking would be you already have the leg. Um, like any other position, you have to adjust to the game. He did the right thing by kicking it as far as he can in San Diego State, which got him attention, which eventually got him drafted. Now, <laughs> like Josh Allen's arm. <laughs> I was just, uh, that was my comparison. You got to adjust. That's what I'm yeah. saying is I think you could deal with some of the short-term rookie struggles, NFL yeah. struggles, and say like, hey, this guy could be our punter for five to six years if he oh. figures it out. Yeah. 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 I think I'm going to go also with Bernard, Mike, because that was the pick that you're right. Like we saw obviously Kair Elam and then James Cook. And it's like, okay, those are addressing positions of need. And then with that pick going with a linebacker, I was like, hmm, that is interesting. And then hearing him talk. And originally I was like, is this someone, you know, looking down the line for a replacement for Tremaine Edmonds? And then when we got to talk to him, which such a McDermott guy, like just such a McDermott type of player. Um, he talks so much about Matt Milano and, and modeling his game after him and like being someone he looks up to that. I was like, Oh, that is an interesting thing to look at because of how much he talked about his game wanting to be like Milano's. Um, I just think that's something that screams future because where they're at right now, they feel set with their linebackers, at least on the outside looking in. Um, And that's something that, you know, roster replenishment that we talk about. That's so important, you know, draft, develop, sign. Uh, Milano already got his big deal. You know, does that mean that they pay him again down the line or does that mean they bring bring Bernard along? Those are things that will play out. But that is one thing that was like, oh, okay. That's a pick that I don't, I don't expect to see it on the field. Whereas other guys you're like, okay, right away. Yeah, you expect them to be out there. Well, you mentioned his deal, and it's the way they've structured these deals. Uh, you know, Milano is here for this year and next year, and then, you know, we all know how it is. Then things open up that you could move yeah. on. This is this is the way it works in the league. Sometimes people don't want to hear it, but it's the truth. You know, it doesn't mean that yeah. he won't sign again and he'll be fine. Um, yeah. I, I I read something that Joe Biscaglia wrote in the Athletic talking about. You know, when the time comes, is is he uh, the guy to replace Milano? Because as we joke about it, but it is the truth. Milano's what? Four years old. What is he? Three years older than Tremaine? Whatever the number is, because Tremaine yeah. is 14, you know, <laughs> after five years in the league. But it is where you make those decisions. This year, to me, it's fascinating to see what happens with Tremaine Edmonds yeah, and the Milano's decisions. 27. They 27. Oh. And. Jermaine is 23. Yeah. That's really something to say that. That is, that is crazy. It is. So you're saying to yourself, you know, right. Cause we've talked about other guys, you know, getting to 30 and all those things. Here's, here's something. And I I tweeted it because I'm watching day two. And that's like you said, Dan and I talked about it and God forbid you question anything that they do. But, but I looked back and I thought to myself, all right, Rounds two and three with the Bills. Again, these are 
places where you're drafting expecting starters and the hope is you know starters not superstars yeah. but starters you know or build into starters over the period since McDermott and Bean well since Bean has been there Harrison Phillips Cody Ford Devin Singletary AJ Epinesa Zach Moss Boogie Basham Spencer Brown and I the question I asked was it'll be interesting to see how many of these guys get another contract yeah. Harrison Phillips was a good, solid draft pick, mm-hmm. a good player, had some injuries, fought back. I thought he played pretty well for them. But again, yeah. they chose not to sign him, let him walk. He's in Minnesota. Good for him. They ended up spending money on settle. Um, they have spent money on other interior defensive linemen. Yep. And so yep. they did that. Uh, Cody Ford has not been a good draft pick. He cannot find a place in the line that was desperate for him between injuries and moving around a position. He's in the final year of his deal. Devin Singletary has been a really good player, but they've tried to draft over him twice now. We can say what we want. They just used a second-round pick on a running back. Now, that doesn't mean Singletary can't stay here longer, but they've done that. A.J. Epinesa struggled to be on the field. He just has. And they drafted again twice with defensive ends. Zach Moss drafted over him again. Boogie Basham, tough time staying on the active roster. Again, as a rookie, but they drafted him in the second round. Spencer Brown, right now, a starter. So those are places. I'm not saying they're all misses. These are guys that can play. Mm-hmm. But when you start looking at that going, that's that's the spot. First round picks, first picks, really good. Yeah. Second and third round, there's reason to question. And they keep trying to find, Dan, they keep trying to find the defensive linemen and running backs. And they yeah. keep investing in those positions. So maybe they got it right this time. Yeah. And that's, it's kind of like keep shooting your shot till you get one. Like, yeah. like, like, like shoot or shoot, right? Like, so it, it's just this repetitive yeah. thing. But you, yeah, you know, I'm with you, Mike. And, and I know a lot of people say, and it's that everybody's draft looks great now, besides maybe the Patriots. Besides them, everybody else had a good draft. But we are so far away from, from really seeing, you know, yeah. what these guys will do. So it, it is kind of tough to, to evaluate them now, but, but it is telling. And like said, it's okay to question beam. Like we don't all have to sit here and say like, this isn't a, a team uh, controlled podcast and YouTube channel. Like we, we are going to question sometimes moves that are made just like fans question 13 seconds. Like it's, it's okay yeah. to do these things. Like, yeah. and Mike and I were talking about it uh, on, on one of the, I don't know, four in the morning on a plane. We were talking about it. Just the fact of, <laughs> You shouldn't be talking on a plane at that time. No. Well, yeah. the, the <laughs> I was that, talking. Dan was asleep. <laughs> the fact that everybody loves what Bean says. They take what Bean says just to heart and all these things. Bean talks five times a year. Sean McDermott talks three times a week. And sometimes it's like fans are like, oh, like, well, what is Sean saying? Or it's almost like Sean can be a little cranky at times. And it's like, well, yeah, like Bean has to just talk once a month, maybe. Like, and all of a sudden he comes in and, and, and he's on this pedestal still and, and, and rightfully so rightfully. So he's made some great picks, but that doesn't mean we can't question him by saying, huh, that's it. Uh, well, huh. I think the way I would say it is that he's done a really solid overall job drafting for this bills team. And you look at Josh Allen first and foremost and what they've set up at, yeah. at their franchise quarterback. But so the leash is long, but there's still, yeah. There's yeah. still questions that you can have and oh, yeah. trying to figure out the thought process, especially in that second day when you're like, oh, they traded back. Oh, they traded back again. 
I think that's and, very reasonable to have. And that thought. if I had a little more patience and I didn't after day two, um, <laughs> it might have been that red eye coming back from Vegas. Well, it was that. And Dan and I stayed for the Weezer show um, <laughs> on Thursday night in Vegas, which, of course, I've done that multiple times. Weezer show, <laughs> red eye. Um <laughs> But the I would look on said, Mike's face when Weezer was blasting. It was music. so loud. Like I'm not Mike was the typical about, old man. I, well, like this so loud. <laughs> I'm not talking about. I, I'm not talking about old man saying this concert's loud. I'm talking about Dan. We went. We took a long walk, and Weezer was still. The entire strip could hear Weezer. <laughs> it was a concert for the entire strip. From the wind to the South Point, you were hearing Weezer. Oh, yes. Terrible. So anyhow, but what I'm saying is if I take a step back and say, okay, he maneuvered things pretty well in terms of stepping back and getting the extra picks and then using them to move back up and get the wide receiver that I end up liking. So, uh, Brandon, I'm, I'm apologizing to you for questioning the trade backs because – the plan was to jump back in and they needed the extra picks again early. He had to use that fourth. Like this is the way the real world works yep. yeah. and the draft doesn't always go exactly how you want. And he is pretty good at adjusting. And Jenna, you mentioned it when you've picked Josh Allen, you, that leash, like you said, is long is yeah. immensely long. It's yeah. a Matteries of pun or a Josh Allen throw long, right? <laughs> yeah. Because you've done the most important thing. So, so now let's go to the next step. But these, these other moves are, again, where you've got to keep using resources mm -hmm. to maybe make up for picks that haven't worked as well. Nobody hits on 100%. He's hit on his ones. He's hit on some fours and fives. Mm -hmm. Gabe yeah. Davis, Matt Milano, right? So he's yeah. done that. Free agent sign, all that kind of stuff. He's done a great job in that way. I'm just saying is in the moment, you kind of go, okay, what do they want to do? And to Dan's point, when Sean McDermott's coaching, you have 50 decisions a game to question. And they're all criticized. Yeah, I mean, because that's coaching in the NFL. Correct. Yeah. That's yeah. the difference between the two. It's like, and and Brandon Bean will tell you, you know, you know, once the roster's set and once the game day roster is set, basically he's got to sit back and watch. Right. And, and it's and Mike, more we were, on the players and the coach. So right. it's and a we different job. It too is the fact of and Bean and McDermott will both say this, and sometimes I feel like it gets lost in translation, is like, wow, what a great signing by Gabe Davis in the fourth round. Or great, what a great pick by Gabe in the fourth round. Well, Chad Hall deserves credit. Yeah. Sean McDermott deserves credit. Yeah. Brian Dable deserves credit. Like, yeah. if, if Gabe Davis gets signed by the Jets in the third round, he may be a bust. Or the fifth round, he may, he may be a bust. It's There's a hundred different little minutia things that, that go into that. So, while... We sit there and go like, what a great pick. It also is developing the player, too, to where it needs to be. Yeah. yeah. And Jenna, that can work the other way, too. Right? Yes. I mean, yeah. Cody yeah. Ford might have been a good pick, but they never quite found the place. Now, some of that's always on the player, obviously. Yeah, of course. But it could be on coaching and anything. So it's a mixed bag, but way more positive than negative. And uh, yeah. until we see these guys actually on the field. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, we don't know. Yeah, no, it's true. All right, Dan, what is still left to do? Safety, right? It's it, it's a safety, or it's the. I think even if you re-sign Jordan Boyer to a new deal, you still need to address a, a emergency plan C for a safety in case of emergency. Um, so I just said emergency, I think twice. Um, 
Okay. That was like Bean. I'll never say, never say that he said it. Um, yeah, I think I think a safety, and I also think a tight end. I think are two two places that I I, I think that they could still um, bring in. I know they signed some undrafted free agents, and obviously, you know, I think there still is a need. Or it's tough, Mike. What veteran corners would want to show up to Buffalo because you're going to yeah. be fighting for the third spot. Like if you're a, if you're a veteran corner that, you know, wants one more trip around the sun, is this, is this where you want to do it at? Um, so yeah. those are the three positions I think can still be addressed. Brandon Bean said, they're still going to look to add. They're still going to look, you know, to, as we get ready to go to St. John Fisher. So. Yeah. Jenna, they're, they're going to be ready to pounce on a few players. Uh, Dan's right. I think tight end is someone, some place they're going to definitely be looking, even though they have OJ Howard, yep. I get it. But they're yeah. gonna they're on a one year deal, and Dawson yep. Knox is on that deal. So it, it they they would bring that in. They're always looking for, especially interior offensive line help. I mean that that's just uh, natural for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, safety's interesting because um, I think this draft, the way it played out, was good for Jordan Poyer staying. Yep, in yeah. Orchard Park. I don't see any reason to move on um, unless they would have invested high in the pick. And they did not. So I think they feel like they can get it done. And that doesn't mean so. So it'd be a different type of player. Corner is interesting because there are teams that just don't have the corners. And to Dan's point, like you want to sign, you want to, you want that team to be a little uh, thin, <laughs> needy. Yeah. 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 So that they have to pay you a little more. So those kind of guys. So I think that is the point where I believe they're going to, um, they're going to have that need. And, uh, but but I you know when you start out with corner and the other running back, I, uh, high picks. Yeah. Those guys are playing. Yeah, you know they won't say. Star- I mean, nobody's going to say start. Did they? Did they say Trey was a starter from day one? I'm trying I, to remember. No, but Bean has said that when you spend a guy like in the first round, you yeah. have the expectation. Expectation, right? But they yeah, when you draft say, him, but you never right. put the pressure on him. Like he's yeah. starting week one. Yeah, he's a starter week one. He yeah. better be a starter week one. Expected to make an immediate impact. Ooh, is that just your appraisal? That's, or did... that's yeah, that's what I. Because I didn't want to say a day one starter. No, so but I, I think he he's uh, come on. You, you he have a should one, be, but yeah, yeah. Glaring hole in that quarterback they cornerback addressed field. that need. Yes. Oh, see, Jenna, yeah. I told you that address it's the need. They say, but that doesn't mean that they filled the need, but I'll tell you what, first round pick. I don't care if it's in the twenties, like he better be ready to go. They addressed in caps lock <laughs> addressed. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. Uh, any last thoughts? Yeah. Two biggest winners from the bills draft weekend players that were already on the roster. Do you guys have any winners from the roster? Winners um, from the bills roster, current roster that were on the roster before that like can leave this weekend being like, all right, well, I, I, I think Jordan Poyer. Correct. Yeah. I'd say Dawson Knox. Yeah. Yeah. Not, 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 not that there was ever any question, but to sit there and go like, yeah, you know, I know I'm the number one guy and I don't even got to worry about anything. And I'm in line for that signing. And yeah. he is. Two biggest losers. Zach Moss. Yep. Jameson Crowder. That's interesting. <laughs> I don't know, Jim. I don't know, Jim. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, but we're talking about a fifth round pick here. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about a second rounder. 
mm-hmm. uh, does seem to fit. And yes, to your point, Dan, I got to say, Matt Miller, uh, you see him on Twitter, for, uh, Scout, um, referred to him as a poor man's Debo in terms yeah. of the way he can be used. And uh, so there's a way to get him on the field and still play. I mean, Jamison Crowder, I've always liked his game. I always thought he hurt the Bills. Mm-hmm. I think any guy that can play for the Jets and have success. <laughs> By the way, and, and let's, let's also look at that. Um, I like what the Jets did. I know they had high picks, but Love they it. can be stupid sometimes. Yep. They made some good picks. And keep this in mind. When the Jets are better and even the Dolphins are better or the Patriots are better, does it make it a little harder on the Bills? Absolutely. They're still the best team in the division with the best quarterback, the best coach, the best all that. But they also help beat up the other teams in the division too, right? Yeah. So yeah. I think the Good Jets point. become a viable team and can be with a young quarterback sort of looking like, you know, that early Bills team after Josh got in there for a year and they try to build it. So Good for them, but um, are they still yeah. going to trade for Deshaun Watson? Are they still? <laughs> <laughs> does Tua got? Is Tua feel welcomed anymore? Does he feel well, like they want? Does he feel wanted? Now he will when Tom Brady takes over as the owner <laughs> slash quarterback slash. It's amazing how the quarterback rumors just swirl around Tua. Always around Tua. Oh, Tua, 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 yeah. Tua. All right. Uh, thank you both for joining. <laughs> Coffee. I'm about to do a coffee. I deleted some beverages last night as well. All right. Um, IV of coffee. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you for joining everyone. Uh, please be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. We'll have plenty more draft coverage in terms of what these players will do now on the field when we meet them in a couple weeks. Um, and as always, we'll have plenty more on the Buffalo Plus YouTube channel. So co- like, comment, and subscribe. For Dan and Mike, I'm Jenna. We're all going to do a coffee, and we will see you later. Thanks for joining us on the Buffalo Plus podcast.